And we're back. All right. We're doing it. What are we talking about? I'm looking at our notes. We got project updates. We got business updates. Let's start talking about Laricon. How was that? Laricon was actually pretty cool. Not that it is ever uncool, but it was pretty rad. You know, the whole vaporwave outrun style theme. <laughs> they really just got carried away with that today, didn't this year, didn't they? But it's awesome. Like, I just love that there's like an aesthetic, an aesthetic to this, uh, to this Laricon. Yeah. It's sort of like, I wonder what next year will be. I wonder if it'll continue that wave of like unique theming or revert back to very clean artisan. I don't know. I guess they got to hire Jack Madade to keep coming up with <laughs> different styles. Yeah. Like you really can't do the same thing in a row. So what would be the next kind of wave? I think they need to do a conference in Miami because then that kind of just lends itself to the whole yeah. Miami vibe, which is kind of close to what we're seeing. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Or like some sort of California vibe. Yeah, you get similar mm-hmm. vibes. Never in like Utah or Missouri no, because then it'd Utah. be like farm. <laughs> farm this. I'd love it if there's an Austin one because just Austin seems like a cool place to have it. But I think getting people into the middle of the country is hard in terms of people flying from Europe and that kind of stuff. And also it's so hot. Yeah, insanely hot. It wasn't that hot. New York was great. It was as stinky as normal. And right. It always smells like garbage. And worse, but it was very livable. Gotta say, dude, during uh, Taylor's thing, I was really nervous. I don't know how you felt. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, my butt was clenched. I was, where was I sitting? I think I was sitting in the seat. I can't remember now. That's how much of a, uh, yeah, I was sitting in the seat now. I, I almost couldn't remember. But we got the official blessing of the founding father, Taylor. Yeah, showed it off while he was showing off vapor. He used Chipper to run a build yeah, so he, live, a real build, not pre-recorded or anything. And I was just like, oh my God, I hope this works. Yeah, I noticed <laughs> that he didn't run the asset compilation, which would have taken yeah. a little bit longer. So it seemed really fast, like almost deceptively right. fast that it just worked. I mean, it was still fast, like the time from he pushed to GitHub to the webhook coming in to the build starting and everything. And that was that was nice and smooth. Yeah. I was very thankful for that, that nothing just broke. And it's kind of crazy that he used a new product to demo a new product. It's just yeah, like right? this meta. Like, mm, this is not totally tested. I mean, he had an account, so he was testing ahead of time. I knew it was at least kind of consistently working. Yeah. <laughs> but I was still super nervous. I think like two days before I had onboarded a customer or the week before, something like that. Um I got the first two customers onboarded within a day of each other, I think a, a week or two before that. But um, one of them had put a bunch of projects on there, and I was worried about it getting clogged up. But really, it's been fine. Yeah, that's good. It came off without a hitch, and people yeah. were coming up and talking about you know continuous integration systems that they're using now and how they were excited to, to try it out at least. Cool. Yeah, I didn't get to go this year, thanks to uh, random reasons having to do with not enough time, basically. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I was glad you were there. Someone's got to be there to represent the Laravel app we're making yeah. <laughs> headed to Laracon. Well, I mean, shout out to my family, because I, some of you may know this, but my, my son actually broke his femur. I was we were I was flying out of St. Louis to go to Laracon, and we drove up um, a day early to just kind of have a kid hang out let them do whatever they want, have fun. And, you know, because also after Laracon, we were supposed to go on vacation. So it would be like two weeks without the dad, one week without their mom. 
And so we want to make sure and give the kids some extra time. But my son Milo, while at the swimming pool, about five minutes before we were going to leave, slipped and broke his femur, which is whew, not a not a fun thing. No, because that's really high in the leg, right? Yeah. The femur specifically versus the like the rest of that bone. Yeah, it's the strongest bone or the hardest bone, the biggest bone in the body. And so mm-hmm. to break that, wow, ooh, what a nightmare. And that that's a, that's a story for another day. But my family decided that it was very important for me to go to Laracon. So it wasn't like I was going, well, do you think I could go even with my son's <laughs> broken leg? It was like, no, we are going to stay with Tess, my wife to make sure that you can do this because this is, if you're going to get demoed, people are going to be asking you stuff. This is the one time a year you can go and be, see all the Laravel people, you know, you should be there. So they made it possible for me to be there and do that. So cool. shout out. That's to awesome. Them. All right. So we, or you were there repping chipper CI. So did like a lot of people talk to you or like, what was the feel around that? Yeah. I mean, I, it wasn't 900 people like the people were there, right. were there but it was, it was, probably 20, 25 people nice. mentioned it at least, or, or at least had like good vibes sending our way. Um, definitely some interested people that were like, yeah, I, I can't wait to get in there. Cool. And we saw that much online. I think too, it was kind of, yeah, it's definitely some good tweets about it. Some people seemed excited to try it out. Yeah. Along with, uh, the Laracon aesthetic, we pushed a custom landing page. <laughs> you should kind of started the design off and then I, on the flight to Laracon, I pushed it even further into that vaporwave aesthetic. Yeah, that was fun. That was one of those things where I just like decided to try it out, and I was like, "This is a lot of fun." Just throwing in this design, like I had a, I had to find the custom fonts. I just stole them from the Laracon website <laughs> and downloaded them to get those awesome fonts. One's the called like Capcom, and one is called DOS. It's like VCR, perfect. Yeah, yeah VCR. <laughs> They're so perfect. Yeah, we we actually still have the the registration that registration page up, which has includes a nice little uh, discount for. Yeah. And that will stop uh, August 5th, this coming Friday. Oh. So this will be out. This podcast will be out tomorrow. That leaves you two to more days to sign up with a discount. Um, we didn't turn on the marketing machine for this because I didn't want too, too many people to sign up, which is kind of an arrogant worry to have because <laughs> <laughs> like I kind of figured just like two people would sign up, but really we have, I mean, we have like 20 people in this thing right now. Yeah. Um, who've put their credit card and everything. So that's really awesome. Yeah. Some cancellations because there's a trial period, which makes sense. And you get the the tire kickers that want to just poke in and look and see and click through every screen and like, oh, that yeah. looks nice. But I think most of the cancellations were immediate, like signed up, got the trial and, and canceled so that they stick around for the 14 days to try it out. And maybe they'll come back. Maybe they won't. Yeah. Um, but it's cool to get that many people in. This is kind of the perfect amount. And, um, I'm very glad we didn't get flooded with lots of people. And I don't know, even if we did turn on like the full marketing machine and email everyone and say it's ready and do like a splashy thing. I don't know if we'd get a lot of customers, but I'm just, presumably we would get more than we have now. I'm glad we have the number we have now. Cause it's really been useful to like work out a bunch of kinks and, and kind of see some improvements we need to make. Right. And we'll talk about like the worry to have everything on fire a little bit, I think. but yeah, it's, <laughs> I said our notes. It says everything's on fire. <laughs> yeah, but it seemed it seemed to hold up. At least it's been holding up, which is nice. Um, right. I actually, yes, that that landing page. The last thing on that, I was the flight was about three hours, and I was two hours and thirty minutes into the flight, 
and building this. And I was like, oh, cool. And I switched branches because I had some work that I needed to put on a different branch for for the for Chipper. And somehow my stash got a little crazy and I lost all of the changes that I'd made on. I didn't even tell you this, but I lost all of the changes <laughs> that I made to the, the registration page. And it just happened oh to God. like live in this weird get ref log area. Yes. Oh my God. That saved me before. <laughs> they don't get deleted. They're still around for a little while. Yeah. You can dig into this ref log and find your commits. It's amazing. Oh yeah. So the ref log saved me. Um, okay. So we have some other updates, I guess. Okay. We did the landing page. We went to Laracon. Um, people are saying nice things is a question mark here, which is true. I think, right. Twitter yeah. has been, I mean, not like tons and tons, but we've definitely gotten some good reception. I haven't seen anything really negative at all. Um, I think all negativity about the app lives in my head when I see just like bugs come in and bug snag occasionally. And I'm like, oh crap, something's wrong. Yeah. Uh, but I think overall it's been pretty smooth for people. Yeah. Have you heard any like, not necessarily negative feedback, but like just critical or something? No, all it's all been like features that other apps have that we don't have yet. Uh, like canceling a build or, um, one customer plans on putting like 30 different projects on here. Um, and they want a feature to be able to only build on certain branches, which we don't do yet. And other things do, which, so I feel like that's a good feature to put in. Cause that, that helps us limit the number of builds, which lowers our cost and prevents any like clogged servers. So I like that kind of feature. Yeah. Like, I didn't think that was a uh, high in the priorities personally, because like, it's just another build for the, in terms of their uh, point of view. But reducing the number of builds that happens on the system is kind of like a worthy goal. So yeah, it's good that, for us. That feature kind of makes sense. Um, people wanted multiple webhooks so they could deploy and like develop somewhere versus master somewhere else. And we just give them the option to do one uh, post build webhook right now. So there's some stuff like that. Yeah. So we could probably create some more interface options because you can sort of do it right now with a. I guess with the pipeline, with the pipeline that's, yeah. that's what I, that's what I had that person do specifically. They just like put an if statement in there said, if it's master, do this curl request. If it's developed, do this one. And yep. that would work fine. And that's basically what Taylor did. He called the vapor CLI at the very end of his build to, to launch the new deploy. Yeah. He always has good ideas and like what's simple, but also effective, <laughs> like putting in a vapor CLI as an artisan command into right into your app is just like a really great idea. And I'm not sure I would have thought of that. No, I was uh, like, cause you can just do PHP artisan deploy and it's specific to your application. You know what I mean? Cause it's, yeah. it's just like, it's a piece of code in your app now. Yeah. It's really like the whole integrated experience. <sighs> Crazy man. we got a riff off of that, that energy, that Laravel <laughs> convenience and ingenuity. I think that's what we're trying. I mean, I sort of, there are, there is a point where I think we can get too many features in here and just be too configurable, which I want to try to avoid. Mm -hmm. I do like being kind of simple and opinionated. Yeah. I'm not sure where the line is there, but no, maybe we'll bump either. up. Maybe it's like, uh, we're stuck at, you know, 4,000 MMR. <laughs> right. Or I wish that'd be a nice problem to have right now. MRR. I said MMR <laughs> because that's the point system in uh, Rocket League. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Matchmaking rank or whatever. But MRR, yeah. Uh, good. But some other features that we launched, we launched status images, which are just those little green boogers when your build is passing that you can put in your readme or some dashboard, I guess. It's one of those features that I'm just oddly excited for. It's always a small detail thing. So I just yeah. like, I really love the status image. 
<laughs> it makes you feel legit. It's like, oh yeah, we it can does. offer that. That feels really good. It's like not even important, but <laughs> no, no, people seem to like that stuff. Yeah. There is a marketing component to that. Like if people can see that in their repos, even if they're not using chipper, like that's like, oh, I see chipper around and like the same way you put in emails or like uh, a JavaScript widget, you like powered by convert kit or whatever you see in the bottom of the convert kit widget. Like that stuff yeah. is, is kind of useful. Yeah. I could see that being like useful um, for like, if we wind up getting Nova working on chipper, I could stick that status image in there instead of yeah. something else. And people just kind of naturally flow into the app from there. Yeah. Right. You've got em emails down here. What emails? Are yeah. Our app sent absolutely no emails except for password resets. And I think team invite emails, which I figured isn't a great way to do things. <laughs> um, specifically what I, my goal of the emails is trying to get feedback from people where it makes sense to get feedback. Um, right now I, uh, I planned on doing a lot more like onboarding on calls with people than ended up happening because we did this landing page and a bunch of people just signed up and got started themselves. The awesome part of that is that people signed up and got started themselves. Yeah. <laughs> so I do like doing the occasional onboarding call cause I learn a bunch from them. Um, you know, like, like features to throw in the feature requests, but also just like how people talk about their apps or the fact that a lot of people are moving from other CI apps instead of people are, instead of a lot of people are, um, starting CI for the first time. So there's like that kind of insights. Um, so that, that is a thing I don't want to lose. Uh, so I think adding some emails will help with that also. Uh, so the emails we put in are just like a welcome. Thanks for signing up generic thing, but then also, um, an email about your trial ending soon. Um, and you know, asking if there's anything to do to help. Uh, I want to do an email that like conditionally maybe on if, people don't get a successful build within X amount of time or something like that. Is there anything we can do to help you get started? You know, or like, right. do you want to get on a call? We can kind of maybe help get your app going or something like that. Yeah, exactly. That kind of help while, while we're small enough where we can do that and also give us idea of what to add to documentation and that kind of stuff. The things that don't scale. Yeah. And then lesson list leading projects, which is just a random thing. I just was going through our commit log. Uh, our project deletion didn't, uh, get rid of webhooks and the deploy keys added on Git repositories on GitHub and BitLab and GitLab and Bitbucket. So now they do. Yeah. Um, in addition to deleting the data in our database, we actually delete the data. We don't uh, soft delete, which just seems kind of appropriate because that data doesn't seem particularly valuable to keep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I've spent a, I've done a lot of apps where I've just defaulted to soft deleting and sort Same. of regretted it. It always feels safer. Yeah, it's like oh, I can always like. Almost like it acts as a, a little cheap audit log, or I, I saw right. it as that, but mostly it's just a liability. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I like that for here because, like, who cares about like a build run status from six months ago? Mm -hmm. You know, which like it might be an, a way to keep our database cleaner too. We could do a process that like only keeps the last six months or year of data and then archives the rest to like a S three bucket or something. Yeah, in case we ever need it for some reason. But really, I bet deleting is perfectly fine. Like just have a six month or a year of retention and just deletes crap because who cares about, mm -hmm. I, I can't think, I mean, there could be a use case obviously for, but like what use case would there be really for going back through a year of build data and just seeing like, oh yeah, on this date NPM didn't work this time. Yeah. And that makes a lot of sense. We'll see. I say that only because I keep seeing the size of our backups growing every time I see, every time I look to see how many backups and to make sure the backups are still running. The database is not huge at all, uh, but it does grow pretty consistently. 
And eventually you just can't import that database locally to see what's going on if something funky is happening. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And there's a lot of uh, text content from the keeping the results of the build, which is the real way. I think that's the real reason why it's growing because we just have a ton of text content that gets saved. Yeah. Well, business updates. Business updates. So we kind of um, buried the lead. We have customers, which is amazing. Yes. People started, people found the register page. We didn't like, I think I had one badly timed tweet at like 9 PM Eastern, which is 10 PM or 9 PM central, 10 PM Eastern. And from that people actually signed up. Yeah. I think so, I just like, retweeted without a quote. So it was just yeah, like, and, like, that's a really good um, sign, right? Cause people were signing up even though it was like the poorly timed tweet and like people in Europe were asleep. Like the, the time zones don't match up well or yeah. anything. So and people still sign up. So that's a good sign. I think. Yeah. It was, Funny to see at Laracon when Taylor was announcing Vapor, people were like putting crap in the database because like, uh, yeah, I couldn't see. I saw that it was happening, but I couldn't see really what people were putting in. Yeah, they were putting in like vulgar things and they were just showing up on the main screen. <laughs> <laughs> and you could kind of tell Taylor was just irritated. OK, I guess because he was like testing out cues <laughs> and people were just hitting the endpoint and flooding it with. You know, instead oh, of it like so showing good. one, two, three coming in, mm-hmm. it was just like already there was like a hundred things like just developers. The Steve Jobs moment of like, I cannot believe you're screwing me like this. Yeah, no, I'm a, sure he was not thinking that, but. So I think a lot of, uh, at least the attendees saw that in the, the title bar, hit the app.chipper CII and then like found the registration page through there. Right. Yeah. It's not really hidden. It's just not, we're just not telling everyone about it. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think it's a you sign. You people listening right now, you know about it. Yeah. I think it's a sign though that people are like genuinely interested in this sort of, you know, tool, this kind of yeah. developer focused tool. You're right. You know, years from now when we're doing like a podcast telling our story about <laughs> how we built Chipper CI, we could be like, I don't know. I guess people just wanted this thing. <laughs> we can make ourselves sound smart. Like, Oh yeah, we knew there was pent up demand in the market for this for niching down into Laravel, blah blah blah. But like, I don't know. We just kind of it's feeling good right now, and if it's super successful eventually, it'll be a lot of luck of just like deciding to do it finally and and wanting to do it. Yeah, and being able to do it. I mean, because there's being a whole aspect it, of, of like things that I'm sure we'll run up to more things that we're like, I do not know how to how to do this. Like uh, canceling builds, we haven't quite figured that out yet. No, yeah. I have to like rework the build system to make that possible. Yeah. <laughs> I actually have some ideas on how to do it, but they're all super janky. Yeah. Um, so, um, okay. So the build system, all right. So the next note down after customers, exclamation mark is everything's on fire, exclamation mark. And it's really not, but it feels that way because occasionally I get a bunch of bug snag errors, uh, yelling at me in Slack when someone's build has done something wonky. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, the build system is naively made and holding up very well, but there's definitely a lot of things to refine um, from clamping down on how much resource usage each build container uses to getting out of uh, Amazon's servers that use the CPU cap system. So you're eating away CPU credits, um, which our size has plenty of credits and we haven't actually gotten to an issue where we run out of credits um, with one exception, but um, I want to get to like a server. I think a few things to like smooth it out will be larger servers. that don't have a CPU credit. And then also making sure Docker is limited in a way where it can't just use the entire extent of the system resources. Um, cause at one point we ran out of disk space, which is Docker related because some builds didn't, uh, 
fully clean up after themselves. And then um, Horizon is running our queue workers, but Horizon doesn't distribute. It doesn't know there are multiple servers. It just knows there's multiple queues. So a lot of times it'll put, uh, it'll fill up a server and then one server won't be used at all. And, you know, there's a bunch of servers now, but the issue is they don't get split up amongst the servers evenly. So I'm going to, I'm going to work on that tonight, actually. Um, but then I'm also playing with a real legit Docker scheduler, which can help the system a lot. Um, and I like that for a few reasons. Um, one is a little more, a bit of a complication, obviously, because then we have this whole Docker thing. It's not as complicated. I'm going to, I'm looking at HashiCorp's Nomad, which is not as complicated as, um, um, I'm umming so much. I'm going to cut this out post edit. Uh, it's not as, it's not as complicated as Kubernetes at all, but it does require like a system of having a few servers that are the master nodes. And then however many servers you want is kind of the worker nodes. Mm -hmm. Um, which is fine. I'm used to that kind of setup, but it is more complication. And then that means like, I'm the person who knows how to do that stuff. And, and like, you might not be cause like you didn't build a system. So like that kind of shit is scary, but yeah, if you die, man, (laughs) <laughs> toasted just shut it down uh, man. artisan down artisan yeah. <laughs> maintenance mode forever yeah um but i say i'm looking at that I, we might move to something like that what i really like about that is that um kicking off a build becomes api calls from our app so the queue system just makes api calls at that point it doesn't um it doesn't send commands into the server to run docker commands or anything funky like that i could use the docker api too um actually now that i'm saying that but i don't right now mm-hmm. it's just like it's the most naive setup possible so um i'm gonna investigate that if nomad seems weird or it doesn't work the way we like it to um then we can figure something else out there's lots of options but i want to i want to work on it a bit to make it more uh, more better <laughs> to distribute load better across servers. So we have better resource usage is the main goal, but then also to reduce the possibility of like bad um, tenants or bad uh, sa- neighbors. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Exactly. Just like someone's build might use a lot of memory. They might have a huge migration for testing or something like that. There's all sorts of wonky. I've already seen people do some really wonky things to like the MySQL container when they have it. So, uh, anybody, yeah. uh, copying over like a massive hundred gigabyte, database file as a test i haven't seen for sure i have i haven't looked really i have seen people who have like a sql file in their git repository and and throw that in but i can't imagine it's huge if it's part of their git repository yeah um so we'll see i'm sure someone's gonna do that (laughs) at some point it will happen it's that's the murphy's law thing right you know whatever can happen will happen Right. There's kind of a lot of power we're giving people to just do whatever they want in a container. So, so we've, everything's not really on fire, but it feels like it is. It's that whole spinning plate. It feels like it to me. Yeah. yeah. But really it's, I think it's going smooth. No one's complained at all, which is good. Um, I have seen errors that suggest some builds have failed on people, but from their point of view, it probably just is a failed build or it's my point of view. It's like, Docker compose down didn't work for some reason. I'm using Docker compose for to orchestrate a bunch of stuff. Um, and like, so I go in and manually clean that up. Yeah. But in their point of view, the build, I mean, the build might not even have failed from their point of view. It's just been fine. So like sometimes I just have to do some manual stuff. So I really want to try to avoid that and get a system set up where it's kind of more smooth. Yeah. Very more predictable. Right. But it's good. That it's actually kind of working. 
still right. with some they can handle it. more people i just don't want like 100 people to sign up one day yeah. I, mean, I do and i don't <laughs> you know what I yeah mean? i used to get irritated like you know, know that site dribble the design mm-hmm. site where they would just peter out invites like over a course of two years and it was all under this idea of like oh we don't want to grow too fast and you're like just get a bigger server or something like <laughs> <laughs> that was naive me yeah. 10 years right. ago I mean, it all depends. What we're doing is really weird. CIFs are kind of weird in how they absolutely require a bunch of server stuff to happen. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, I, I actually looked at Amazon Code Build recently to see if we could use Code Build instead, but it's kind of just too funky, like the way it outputs logs and limitations around being able to add in other services like MySQL and Redis and stuff. It basically doesn't have that. So you have to do some really, you have to use like their Docker and Docker container and then. You're, it's just layers of Docker at that point, which is funky. And then there's like a lot of stuff to count for. And like a lot of a lot of it is that I really hate the log output because it it says like running command and it spits out the entire command. And then multi line commands mm-hmm. are a pain because you have to format it just right in YAML, which is terrible. Um, but then it also spits out in the output like running command and it spits out the entire you know huge bash script you might write into a pipeline. And then it runs it. Mm-hmm. It's just like all the, and then, so it's just all this garbage. Um, but the part I did like about that is that you could potentially do like a bring your own AWS account and run on other people's stuff. And it'd be cool to do like a, a cheaper tier where it didn't run in our own infrastructure. That's sort of like, it's a very, it's a very Laravel thing to do. <laughs> yeah. It kind of reminds me of like something like drone that you can run yes, yourself. And I right. think they have like professional services. It's like, we'll just do it for you or mm-hmm. But you can kind of see like where people come up with their ideas. You're like, cause right. me, I think, well, if you open source it, people are just going to use it for without paying you. But that's not, <laughs> no, that's not, yeah, not necessarily. Really I mean, like GitLab and stuff is all like that. Right. Yeah. And then, um, I don't know how much drone makes. I think when I looked, they do like what an enterprise plan or something, but then the rest is open source. Yeah. they have. We could probably be using that. I don't really know. Just didn't want to learn it because <laughs> it looks i i used it a few years ago played with it and it was like not ready to be used but i bet now it is i think i remember looking at it and thinking the configuration was too whack and then the other thing is they all want people to oauth github and stuff through their app so then you're oauthing through like a drone.io app and not through chipper ci's github app stuff like that yeah that would be no bueno no and i'm sure there's ways around that it's just it's just more research to do, <laughs> basically. It's kind of too many options. Mm-hmm. So what do you think? we got lots of great feature requests. Anything that stood out to you that's like... Mostly the ones we talked about. It's a lot of quality of life feature requests. Um, so like the ability to stop a build if it's long uh, or if you don't care about a specific branch doing a build because we build every branch right now. Uh, going along with the feature request to restrict builds to only to certain branches, um, stuff like that. Um, sending webhooks, multiple webhooks to multiple locations, depending on the branch. Uh, I forget what else. There's really a bunch. Um, some people still want to do, I think we talked about this a few podcast over a few podcasts, but, um, multiple databases within one build. So like my SQL and PG and post gray. Right. Um, which I just really want to avoid because just knowing what I know now about resource usage, just that that sounds super heavy. Um, I was worried about that. I talked about that in a previous co- t- uh, podcast. I was worried about it, but I wasn't, I didn't know if that was a real worry or not. And mm-hmm. right now I think it actually potentially could be. So, um, we'll see about that feature. 
Um, parallel test build. So remember how CodeShip lets you do um, two tests at a time within a build? Yep. And that's one of their um, like paid tiers, getting multiple pipelines. Yeah. So time. one customer actually could use that. Um, they were using... Oh, they were using Semaphore, I think, and Semaphore has that feature, and as well as CodeShip, but they were used to that because they had two different uh, tracks of tests that they wanted to run concurrently, which really helped reduce the overall time, but that's not something we have right now. Yeah. Um, I think we'd, we'd have to change our build system a bunch. Not necessarily a bunch, but... It would require changes, that, and it's not like that in demand yet. Yeah, exactly. And stuff in PHP is weird. PHP is very async-unfriendly, so... Doing things like that gets a little funky, depending. I mean, there's there's always ways around it, but there's also um, enough limitations. Like like if I just did multiple queue jobs, I have no guarantee of what server the queue is going to get run on right as it is, as it stands right now. So like I wouldn't necessarily just throw multiple queue jobs on it and have one do one test and one do the other stuff like that. So improvements in the build system will actually lead it lend itself to features like that as well. Which I think is how it's going to happen with the ability to cancel a build too. Like we'll have to improve the build system a bit, change the way it works, and then um, that'll lend itself to the ability to cancel a build, most likely. Yeah. One customer asked for an API. I asked like what you need an API for because I'm not sure yet. Like what yeah. part of Chipper uh, makes sense to automate? Like are, are they creating projects that often, or is it like a piece of a project that they change or something? Like I don't really know what would be useful there. Yeah, I don't um, have any idea. So, <laughs> right. So, you know, some some ideas are obviously make more sense to us than others, but that's just an idea of some. I had that on Push Silver, people asking to use Push Silver as basically an API for invoicing. Mm. I always thought that was that weird. sort of makes sense. Yeah. It does make sense. It's just like it seems like you would use Stripe or something else at that point. Right. Well, they didn't have invoicing at the time this was asked, so I guess maybe that would make sense too. But now Stripe invoices is pretty robust, so right. They should just use that. Stripe man, stealing our jobs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there, it'd be like Stripe CI tomorrow. Yeah, like, God, oh, God. <laughs> let's all just go work at Stripe. I guess the whole world yep. is just going to go work at Stripe. Uh, good. Let's see. I think I'm out of things in our notes. This might be a good place to wrap up. Yeah, it's a good time to say goodbye. Yeah. Uh, one last thing I just thought of is that we have a, the mailing list. We have not emailed the mailing list specifically in any kind of blast style to say like, you know, you can sign up now and all that kind of stuff. What I'm going to do is probably start that next week and do chunks of, you know, I don't know how many people per, per cohort, but I'll do that and just see who wants to sign up and what percentage of people that I email in chunks, like sign up from that and just uh, get interest and schedule time to onboard people if they want to do a call versus sign up directly. Um, so that will, we'll be going through the, um, the list, the queue of people who are interested soon. Um, we've always, I've always called the waiting, I've always, I've always called the email list a waiting list and really, uh, you know, that's how we'll be treating it basically. So we'll get some more people in the app that way. Um, as appropriate because as we've mentioned, I want to like look at some ways to do the build system that makes me feel better. Yeah. <laughs> it probably would handle it fine. Just, we can just kind of keep adding servers, but um, I also just want to just see what we can do there to improve it. I can, I, we can keep the current build system. I'm going to, my next improvement is to um, make it. So around Robins around each server 
um, by doing some tricks with the uh, Horizon Q system. Those insider tricks, man. Those elite mm-hmm. tricks. Elite tricks, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I did actually think about talking to uh, Taylor and Dries and being like, how does Horizon work? But the problem is that they have so many projects that they switch between that they don't remember those details. So yeah. like, we'd all end up just digging into the code anyway. So I'm just going to end up, um, I have an idea of what to do and it doesn't really require like extending or hacking horizon or anything, but there's a path forward possibly there's a path. Yeah. And then maybe like an overhaul eventually too, depending on if like nomad looks good or whatever. Yeah. The future for chipper is, is chipper or bright. <laughs> so lots of good vibes coming in. <laughs> Um, we're at that it's been stage. good. I'm really excited. Like, actually, you're very, very excited and nervous, which is a good nervous of like we actually have customers and um, people's trials are going to end mostly within another week. We have some people whose trial has ended today, some people tomorrow. Um, their 14 day trial, and then the, most of the people who signed up over Laracon will happen next week. So we'll see kind of what percentage of convergence we get there. And yeah, people's credit cards just start getting charged. So we'll have a real MRR soon. Uh, a real one, not a fake one. Yep. Right. That would be interesting because I, I think of like trials, I usually think like 30 days, 60 days. And, and like, well, that's a problem we have to worry about later. But that's actually like two, it's just two weeks. <laughs> so mm-hmm. people yeah. will start, you know, either churning or converting officially. Yeah. It's going to be real interesting. Yep. I mean, they're already using the app. There's no limits on the trial. So for them, it's just a matter of seeing a charge in their card and liking it or disliking it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, man, it was good talking to you. Yeah. All right. Let's wrap it up. Um, don't know. Like always, we'll be back either in a week or two weeks, depending on kind of just what happens with the next chunk of time. By the next time, we may be uh, spun into a a dark spiral of people churning out. We'll have to figure out what's going wrong or it'd be just yeah. totally fine. And we'll just get acquired for a few million dollars within a few weeks. No big deal. <laughs> All right. Until next time.